You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fan Sided and Pro Football Weekly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. And you can hit us up on the Locked On Packers hotline at 920-341-3775. We're not going to do a true mailbag podcast today, but we are going to get to some questions because there are some topics that are newsworthy that have been asked a bunch about over the last few days, and I do want to get to them. I also want to address the Cole Madison situation. Uh, I did talk about the Khalil Mack trade possibility yesterday on the show. I wrote about it. On Monday for Acme Packing Company as well, so you can go and check that out. That is there. And I I think I've made the case pretty strongly that it makes sense for the Packers to make that move. But if it becomes something that can be done, we don't know what the the real situation is with Mac in Oakland. But what I want to focus on to start the show today is the amalgamation of two specific topics— one of which I've gotten a lot of questions about. But let's start with a tangential topic. And that is Aaron Rodgers and his relationship with the pass catchers on this team and his willingness to call out the young players. Last week, we didn't talk about this last week, but last week Rodgers in the media and apparently in the locker room as well was was very displeased with the way that the scout team offense was being run. He is the scout team quarterback in the preseason when they're not going to play him. And he plays with the young receivers. And he felt like the commitment and the effort and the precision that he wanted wasn't there. And then after the game and and a couple days later, Mike McCarthy had the opportunity to address those comments that Aaron Rodgers made about the, the need to clean things up and the need for the young players to be more professional, to be more focused, and to be more driven every day in practice. Rodgers is a guy who practices with purpose. He thinks practice is vital, and he feels comfortable in the game in every situation a defense can possibly throw at him because he's practiced. That is what practice is for. That is what training camp is for. It's what OTAs and minicamp and off-season work. You practice so that when you're in the game, you've seen everything you need to see And you can make adjustments on the fly. And you can act with precision. And you can move with purpose. This is all essential to being the quality of pro that Aaron Rodgers has proven himself to be year after year after year. And I actually thought that McCarthy, in protecting those young players, was playing the the role of good cop to Rodgers' bad cop. And at first I thought, well, he's subverting 
Rodgers' leadership here. Because what, what the quarterback is saying is, I need a higher standard and I need you to have a higher standard because I work at this level. And if you're not working with me at this level, then you're not getting better and you're not doing everything you can to get better. And that is unacceptable on a team where I'm in charge. And make no mistake about it, Aaron Rodgers is in charge of the Green Bay Packers culture, of their team. He doesn't get to make personnel decisions. He doesn't get to call plays. But he is in charge in a very important way. And Mike McCarthy said, you know, you know, there are emotions and I understand that and that's as far as it goes and, and tried to play it off. And I think what he didn't want to have happen was to make it seem like there was some rift or whatever it was. He was playing peacemaker and he wants to buoy the confidence of these young receivers. It's a little bit good cop, bad cop. And I think in the context of a team, it makes sense to have with your coach and your quarterback, a good cop, bad cop relationship. Totally makes sense. And and you can argue over who should be the good cop and who should be the bad cop. I think it, it all depends on the personalities of the people involved. And in this case, maybe it works. I don't, I don't have any problem with what Rogers said. The media made a deal about it. He was upset. Mike McCarthy tried to downplay it. And then Rodgers on Monday was asked about it because the receivers in the game, you look what you look at EQ and Marquez Valdez Scantling, they had big games. And if you're Rodgers, what you want is to make sure that they understand, okay, look, I was hard on you, you played well. Those aren't necessarily correlated, but I want you to make sure you continue to work hard. And so when he was asked about it, he had something very interesting to say. Take a listen. Right. I hope I hope we're not that soft. I hope we can, you know, have hear comments or read comments and not get offended by things. It's a, it's a professional environment. It's not a personal environment. Um, the things I'm saying, I, mean, I don't have some vendetta against any player. I care about winning, number one. And I'm going to say and do the things I feel like can advance us. It's going to be tough at some points. It's not a popularity contest uh, all the time. You know, obviously, you know, as a human, you like being liked and appreciated. But I'm trying to win games because that's my that's my job. You know, I'm not I'm not, you know, asked or needed to make personnel decisions, coaching decisions, uh, schedule decisions. My job is to play quarterback. So that's what they're paying me to do. And uh, I feel like, uh, you know, I've, I've uh, made it pretty happy. So I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And uh, those guys, you know, they did a nice shot. They've uh, made some plays in the game. And. Um, as I told a couple of them, you know, don't don't worry if you're not getting the ball as much as you want in the games or making the, all the plays. The practice, like my good friend Brady Papinga always says, training camp practices are as important or more important than preseason games because that's real football practice and training camp uh, training camp practice and and the preseason, uh, especially weeks one and four, is not as much scheme. And so here's what I think is particularly interesting about this. Mercedes Lewis on Monday had this to say about Aaron Rodgers. 
He's on a different planet by himself. I think the most underrated thing about him is his attitude and his effort. Every day when you wake up in the morning, your attitude and your effort are the two things you can control the most. That's part of your process and you own that. And I feel he does a great job of that. And he's just a good dude in general. So you want to be on his good side. This is a longtime veteran. A guy who's been on losing team after losing team after losing team. And he understands what a polluted mindset is, to borrow a phrase from Mike McCarthy. And he understands what it's like to not prepare to win and to not have the proper attitude and the work ethic to win. Not because that has been his experience, specifically as as a player, but that he has seen that around him and he has seen that as a team. The Jaguars, over the course of his career, have mostly been a laughingstock. And so for him to come to Green Bay and see a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers who plays like Aaron Rodgers and demands of his players like Aaron Rodgers, a wily veteran like Mercedes Lewis is looking at him going, hell yes, this is what I wanted. This is what I came to Green Bay for. I came to play with this guy who has a standard of excellence that forces everyone on the team to raise their level of play. And so anyone who wants to criticize Aaron Rodgers for the way that he talked to these young players or the way that he addressed them or called them out in the media, Rodgers is someone who doesn't just talk the talk. He walks the walk. He practices as hard as anyone. He wants every play to be made in practice. He wants you to run your routes 110% in practice to win every snap, to get better, to be in your playbook, because that's how he is. He is relentless about this stuff, and he wants you to be too, and if you're not, he's going to let you know about it, and that, to me, is what you want from your quarterback. You want him to push those receivers. And receivers are not always the kind of personalities that take well to those kinds of things. But you look at someone like Lewis, who has been in a losing situation, who's played for Blake Bortles and Blaine Gabbert and a host of guys who are just so thoroughly mediocre, aggressively mediocre, And you see him looking at Rodgers with a smile on his face and saying, yes, this is why I'm here. It becomes clear that that attitude is what makes Rodgers so great and what ultimately and hopefully lifts the play of the players around him. The Packers host the Steelers on Thursday night at Lambeau Field and you could be there with vivid seats. Don't sit around watching the Packers from home when you could be at Lambeau in the crowd cheering in person thanks to Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is offering Locked On Packers listeners 10% off your first ticket order when you use the exclusive promo code LOCKEDON. One word. That's Locked On. New customers only and the offer is good through the end of August. You want to get to the game on Thursday? You can use Vivid Seats. Preseason and regular season tickets are already available and the Packers 
are ready for you to see them play at Lambeau Field. You want tickets to week one against Chicago. You want to see them in December against Atlanta. Whenever you want to see them play, you can see them with Vivid Seats and be there for all of the excitement. Go to vividseats.com or download the app and earn a promo code locked on for 10% off your first order. The offseason is over. The NFL is back and Vivid Seats wants to help you get to the game. So here's the second part of this. These young rookie receivers, they made a huge impact in the game on Thursday for good and for bad. Marquez Valdez-Scantling had the big night, the five catches, the 100-yard game. Equinemius St. Brown had a couple nice plays consistent with his hands yet again and showed some talent after the catch. Jamon Moore up and down, but got himself in positions to make plays. Just couldn't make enough of them. And I understand why Packer Nation is excited about these players. Totally get it. I am I am the same person who wrote over the weekend that maybe it makes sense to trade Geronimo Allison if these young players continue to excel. But I got a couple questions on the Lockdown Packers hotline about these receivers, and not necessarily the rookies, but the veterans. Geronimo Allison and Randall Cobb. And the questions that I got were, could the Packers cut those players? And the answer is pretty simple, no. I suppose they could, and 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 one listener brought up the Josh Sitton situation as a surprise cut late in camp. Cutting Randall Cobb, for example, will save some money on the salary cap. Green Bay doesn't need to save money on the salary cap. They're fine right now. And his contract comes off the books in 2019. So as long as they're not using that money this year, and they're not, and even if they get a new deal done with Aaron Rodgers, they're not really using it. There's no reason to cut a player who, by the way, has come into camp and has looked in impeccable physical shape, looks like, if not prime Cobb, something close. He's spry. He's healthy. And he's ready to contribute in a meaningful way for the Packers. He was actually underratedly good last year when the Packer quarterbacks were actually able to get him the ball. Brett Hundley obviously struggled getting anyone the ball, at least anyone on his team. The reason I brought up the Geronimo Allison trade was to say, well, the infrastructure in Green Bay is such that they can weather not having a veteran third receiver because they have Devontae Adams, because they have Randall Cobb, Jimmy Graham, Mercedes Lewis, all of these rookies, and this this group of running backs in the backfield. It is comparable, in my opinion, to what they had in 2014. And if everyone stays healthy, I stand by that. I think it's true. And I think this roster is actually deeper than that one was, if for no other reason than I think what Devontae Adams was then and what Jeff Janis and Jared Abraderis were then is potentially not as impressive as what the as the rookie class that Green Bay has at receiver now. And I think it that is that's questionable. Devontae Adams was very good in a couple games and very inconsistent in some other games, made some big plays, but Jeff Janis was was pretty much a write-off. And Jared Abraderis, for whatever Packer fans want to say, was also not very good. Now, we don't know if these young receivers that the Packers have now are any good, 
But we know what they've shown so far. We know what their talents, what their skill set is, what their what their ceiling is, let's say. I think, at the very least, if you look at Jared Aberderis and Jeff Janis, those guys are just not as talented as these players that the Packers have now. We don't know if anyone that the Packers have right now, these rookie receivers, can be as good as Devontae Adams is now. But Devontae Adams was not this good in 2014. And so if you add in the, the, the tight end depth and you add in the running back depth, in total, I think this is a superior skill group. Now, that was Jordy Nelson in his prime and Randall Cobb in his prime. But you're going to get Devontae Adams in his prime this year. Jimmy Graham, look, I am, I am incredibly bullish on Graham this year. I think he's going to be in his prime. Mercedes Lewis is still a valuable player, an excellent blocker at the very least in the run game. Randall Cobb can still play even if he's maybe 75, 80% of what he was in his prime. And then you add in these three rookies, I think I would take these three rookies over the three rookies in 2014, not because any singular one is better than Devontae Adams would have been or was, but because in total their talent is better than those players. I was never super high on Janis. I liked Jared Aberderis, but once I saw him play a couple times, I was just like, mm, I just don't think this guy's good enough. And he wasn't. It turns out he wasn't. That's not to pat me on the back. I just, I really like the talent of this team. And so they could weather a trade, but you're only going to trade Allison if you're getting value. You're not going to cut him outright. That doesn't benefit you. The reason you'd make a trade is because you're getting value. And then the relative difference between Allison and these other guys is not so big that you can't get value in return. I think if you put Equinemius St. Brown out there as the third receiver, he wouldn't be that much worse than Geronimo Allison, and maybe by midseason, he'd be better. But that doesn't mean you cut Geronimo Allison. That doesn't make any sense. How does that make you better? You're going to cut him so that you can keep Jake Kumaro? For whatever you want to say about Geronimo Allison, he's got, he's got very good hands, He's played in the NFL before. Aaron Rodgers trusts him and respects him, has thrown to him in critical situations, had that big touchdown on the road against the Falcons in 2016, had that huge touchdown in week 17 against the Lions in 2016 on a ridiculous throw from Aaron Rodgers that he trusted Geronimo Allison to go make a play on. Do any of these receivers inspire that same kind of confidence, the rookies? Probably not. And so that difference is important. Green Bay is not going to cut any of these guys. Now, they could trade. Honestly, a Randall Cobb trade is not crazy to me. But a trade, not a cut. A trade, not a cut. Before we go, I want to address the Cole Madison situation. Because I've, I've had some questions about it on Twitter. I've had some questions about it on the Locked On Packers fan hotline. And Brian Gutekunst addressed it on Monday and said that the team expects him to be back at some point, just not right now. And I've been told some things. I've heard some things about why he's not with the team. I'm not going to share them. But here's the thing, none of it matters. I don't want anyone to think any less of the player 
for not being in camp to deal with personal issues. Personal issues are by definition personal. That's why they're called personal issues, okay? It is not your business why he's not in training camp. And it's not up to you to decide if that's an acceptable excuse. You're not paying his salary. And furthermore, it is not okay to be mad at the team for drafting a player who ultimately needed to take some time for personal reasons. What I find completely absurd and ridiculous is how often fans decide that they get to make decisions about a player's mental health. Oh, he shouldn't be doing this. He shouldn't be doing that. Why? Why do you get to decide what that player gets or doesn't get to do? Why do you get to decide how he best handles his own personal situation that you have next to no knowledge of? And even if you had heard a report or read a Facebook post or whatever it was, why do you feel entitled to make judgments about that person's reasoning for making really, frankly, any decision that they make, but especially a decision that clearly was not made lightly. These players have a finite window in which to make money, and it is small. And so anyone who decides, I need to, I, I can't be here, I, I need to take a break, Michael Clark decides to retire, those are decisions that are not made lightly because the earning potential is huge and the window is so small. And so if someone needs to take a break, if someone needs to not be around the team, if they need to deal with a family issue or a personal issue or whatever it is, who are you to tell them they can't do that? I think I, I've, I always find it fascinating when fans get mad at players for posting from the club or posting from a party or whatever it is like you've never been to a party, like you've never been to a bar, like these pro athletes don't have pressure-filled lives enough that they can't go and have a good time with their friends without being judged for it. It's ridiculous. And that's before we even get to all of the other social pressures with, with social media, all of the legitimate contractual pressures, the family pressures that they have. A lot of these players are providing for not just themselves, but their family, their friends, a host of other people, something they've been relied on to to do since they were 14, 15, 16 years old. And you think you get to tell them that they can't take some personal time? You've You've never taken a vacation. You've never taken a personal day. You've never called into work when you just didn't really feel like dealing And claim to be sick. And that's not even what's going on here. I find it ridiculous that fans have found this little thing and decided that they know better than the team and the player. If the team didn't think it was an appropriate reason, maybe they'd place him on the the did not report list. There is a special designation for players who do not report for non-football reasons. Why didn't they cut him? They could have done that. Yes, the Packers need depth at offensive line. Jason Spriggs, not a great player. Byron Bell, not a great player. Kyle Murphy, uh, TBD. They could use some depth at offensive line. 
but it is not more important, at least not to Cole Madison, than his own mental health. And it's not up for you to decide whether or not it is or it isn't. That is for him to decide. It is his life. How would you feel if every decision you made professionally and personally were reported in the news and other people were making judgments and passing judgments on you? I'm not excusing anyone's behavior. There's plenty of behaviors that are unacceptable and we can we can pass judgment on. This is not one of them. And it's certainly not one where you should feel animosity or anger or frustration toward a player who is trying to get his life together. A guy who had to deal with an unspeakable tragedy in college and who had to go through a grueling pre-draft process in the midst of all of that. And I'm not even saying that, that that is the issue here. I'm not saying it's not, but I'm not saying it is. But the fact that you don't know and some of you are choosing to pass judgment is gross to me. And I'm sorry, I, I, I'm sorry if that offends you, but isn't it interesting if you're offended by this because I am judging you, that you are offended by my judgment but not your own. Interesting. All right, we're going to have a lot more fun in the preseason. <laughs> Football's fun. There was a great quote going around from a reporter who had asked uh, someone with the Badgers, the Badger football program, about how they handled their business. And the quote was basically, Listen, we don't take things too seriously around here. We literally have kids on campus trying to cure cancer. It's just football. And that's true. It's just football. And it's a sport we love and it's a team we love. And I get it. You're passionate about it. I totally, I totally understand. I do. That's why I do this. That's why I do this four days a week. That's why we're going to do it five days a week during the season. And why I write about it four times a week for Acme Packing Company. And why I write about it for Fansided and Pro Football Weekly. Because I love it. I get it. I'm here for you. I'm with you. Let's go on this football journey together. But let's do it in a way that makes sense for everyone and respects the people involved. Please, let's do that. Remember that these football players are human beings and they deserve decency and respect and self-care. We all deserve self-care. We're going to have a show tomorrow, no show on Thursday because that's the game, and then we'll be back on Friday to talk about the game. We'll, we'll have a little bit of a preview tomorrow, look at some guys. There is an evolution here. Some people are stacking success and some people aren't. And so we're going to talk about that. We'll get through that. And then on Friday, we'll recap everything that's gone on. And then, listen, we're just a couple weeks away from the regular season. So we're getting close to talking about cutdowns, who's going to make the team, who's not. We're going to have a lot of those discussions coming up very soon. Packers-Steelers on Thursday at Lambeau Field. Aaron Rodgers is going to play. Start to get excited. This is when it starts to get real, guys. It is starting to get real. So you have to stay focused. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline at 920-341-341. 3775 and always stay locked on Packers.